Well, as you can see today, we are telling the story of Joseph. And the reason why we're telling the story of Joseph is because the story of Joseph has a wonderful forgiveness element within it, okay? So you guys heard the story. You got to see what happened. Uh, Joseph was this son that his father loved, right? And he had this wonderful coat, and his brothers were jealous of him, so they decided to take him and throw him into a ditch. He went into captivity. He rose in power, and then he encountered his brothers again. And instead of being upset with his brothers, instead of hating them, he decided to forgive them. So today I want to talk about this principle or this idea of how to become the perfect person. So if you have your Bibles this morning and following along with our Sermon on the Mount theme, I want you to open up to Matthew chapter 5 and we're going to be looking at verses 33 through 48. 33 through 48. And I'm going to skip around a bit, um, but I want you guys to kind of follow along with me as we look through these passages of Scripture together. So, Mike, don't worry about changing any slides. It says here in verse number 33, Again, you have heard that was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you had made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by earth, for it's its footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Skip down to verse 37. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And then let's look down to verse number 48 as we kind of conclude this passage, this section here. It says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Show of hands, how many of you know a perfect person? One? Just, that's it? The correct answer is we all know a perfect person, right? So let me ask that again. How many of you know a perfect person? Very good. It wasn't a trick question, right? We know a perfect person, but we only know one, and that perfect person is Jesus Christ. The Scripture says he was sinless. And as we look at verse number 48, it says something very interesting. It says, be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, that's that's hard to do. And what does the scripture mean by all of that? So we're going to get to that this morning. But before we get there, I want to talk about uh, what we find in verses 33 through 37. And really what we're talking about here is if you look at the heading of your Bibles, talking about oaths, right? And if you grew up like I did, a kid in the South, uh, you remember there were certain things that you couldn't do. One of the things that I couldn't do growing up in the South is I could never swear. Now, when I say swear, I'm not talking about saying a bad word. But we couldn't say, I swear or I promise, right? And the reason why we couldn't say that is because of this text. You don't say those things. Well, why Why was Jesus talking about this? Well, we know the Bible said in the Old Testament, don't swear falsely, right? It also says, don't take the Lord's name in vain. And these Jewish leaders would swear or promise with the intention of not carrying out the task. Kids, got a question for you. Has your parents ever promised you something 
and then they didn't do it? Don't answer that. Put your hands down. Don't. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> you're going to get in trouble. Scripture says those things shouldn't happen, right? Uh, we shouldn't promise things without the intention of carrying it out. And I'm guilty of that often when it comes to my very own children. We're going to Disneyland. Oh, wait a minute. It's closed today. <laughs> Don't listen to him, girls. Scripture says our word should be enough. We shouldn't have to go beyond a simple yes or no. But when we use these words like I swear or I swear to God, have you used that before, kids? Or have you heard someone use that? I swear to God I'm telling the truth. Scripture says we, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't use that language. Or here's something that we're not allowed to use in our house. You know that word OMG? Oh my God. In the Darden household, I don't allow my children to say that. Instead, they have to use the Christian abbreviation. And that Christian abbreviation is oh my goodness, right? And we do that on purpose to make sure that we're not using the Lord's name in vain or we're not swearing falsely and making ourselves susceptible to making mistakes. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Let your words be yes or no and follow through on them because all we have is our word. But we know sometimes things do occur. You may have the greatest intention and for whatever reason, what you said was going to happen just can't happen because circumstances changes. We, we, we understand that. But for the most part, when we say yes or say no, we got to follow through on that. And then we look down to verse number 38 through 42. Here's another question for you kids. Has your brother or sister ever been mean to you? Yes? Have you ever been back to them, uh, mean back to them? Oh, you have. We have an honest group of young people this morning. I really appreciate that. You know, in the Old Testament, the Bible says that if someone poked you in the eye, you know what you were supposed to do? Poke them right back in the eye. <laughs> yeah, I see some hands raised. Yep, that's what you do, huh? No, no, that's not what you do. In the Old Testament, you are allowed to do that. If someone slapped you on the cheek, you know what you were supposed to do? Slap them back, right? But then Jesus, Amy, your kids. Now let me stop. Let me stop. And that's Chuck's grandchildren. Now let me stop. In the Old Testament, they had this law, and it was the law of retribution, meaning if someone did something to you, you do it right back to them. But then Jesus comes, and he says something completely different. Listen up to this, kids. Jesus changes that rule, and he says, guess what? If someone slaps you on the cheek, you don't slap them back. You don't get to do that. If your brother or sister pokes you in the eye, you don't turn and poke them back in the eye. You're supposed to turn the other cheek. And that's hard to do sometimes. But Jesus was one that when people, remember in the Bible, when, when the people were mistreating Jesus and they put a crown of thorns on his head and they whipped him on the back, Jesus didn't retaliate. He didn't retaliate. And usually when you don't retaliate, the situation always repairs itself. I want you to remember that, kids. If someone's mean to you, you don't be mean back to them, okay? And if you do that, 
the scripture says God will be happy with you. It's really called the law of nonviolence. And for our adults, if we think back to a very pivotal time period for us in the 60s when Martin Luther King was around, there was this theology, look, that, that, that nonviolence is the way to go. And it's life-changing when you're able not to retaliate. And then we go on in this text, and it says uh, in verse number 41, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Now, I looked that up, and you know what that means. Back in the time period, in this time period, uh, the Roman soldiers used to often uh, carry a lot of equipment, and they had horses, and they had a lot of stuff, food, supplies. And what they would do, it was they would take the locals and say, hey, here's this bag of food. Uh, take my, my, my gear, and you come with me and walk with me a couple of miles. All right? And what Jesus was saying here, look, if somebody compels you to do that, just do it. And that is very countercultural, isn't it? And then lastly, in the end of this text, it says we need to learn to be charitable. That means we need to be able to give without expecting anything in return. And lastly, as we close out, Jesus says, love your enemies. Uh, kids, I'm going to ask you another question. I just love this. This is like... <laughs> honesty. Kids, do any of you have enemies? Wow, that's really good. Oh, oh, okay, one, one. You know, chances are there's some people at your school that are just mean to you. Have you ever met a mean kid at your school that just doesn't like you? Have you ever been bullied before? Right? Are you a bully? Okay, good, 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 good. Sometimes we have enemies in our life. And the Bible says, guess what? When it comes to your enemies, you're supposed to pray for them. So you know that person that's mean to you at school that takes your lunch money? Hopefully that doesn't happen, right? Or pushes you in the mud, you know, or throws you down and beats you up and puts you in a headlock or gives you a Charlie horse. You know what you're supposed to do to those people? I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, not what I think, okay? The Bible says you pray for those people. We pray for those people because chances are they have a lot of issues in their life and that's why they're acting out that way, right? And you tell somebody, tell an adult, but never retaliate, never go back and forth with them. You pray for them, you tell an adult, and guess what? You don't have to be scared of them either, okay? I want to let you know that. And then Jesus says, if you do these things, you'll be on your way to perfection. Now, let me tell you this. There are no perfect people in the world today. You'll never be perfect. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. Bear with me. As I read through this text, this verse number 48, I always had a problem with it when I was little. What do you mean be perfect? How can I be perfect? And this is an impossible task. But I think sometimes meaning is lost in translation. So if you look at this word perfect and you look it up in the Hebrew, the word that is used is blameless blameless. And guess what? That word is used a lot in the Old Testament. Job was blameless. In the New Testament, it says our elders should be blameless and above reproach, right? Blameless. And all that means is to live among men without having problems with them. 
So as we close this morning, as we close out this Sermon on the Mount series, that's what I want to leave you with. If we follow these principles, the Beatitudes, uh, how to be salt and light, how we deal with relationships, and how we deal with people that don't treat us right, if we can learn to live like Jesus and learn to function as he did in the midst of this chaotic world, we'll learn somehow to be more like him. And that's our desire as Christians, to be more like Jesus. All right? So by way of imitation, we have a song selected. We're going to ask Brother Ed Bush to come forward and lead us in a closing song. And if there is anyone here that needs to respond to the message this morning, we invite you to come. If there's anyone here that would like to put Jesus Christ on in baptism, we invite you to come. Whatever your needs or concerns are, come now together as we stand and sing this song.